Dear God, I just want to thank you for this weekend. Lord, there is no other place I would rather be. Um, I just love being able to get away on weekends like this and grow closer to you and grow closer uh, to the people that you've put in my life, especially my girls, Lord, and um, you know, just the friendships I have here. I am so forever grateful. Um, I just pray that you would speak through Katie and I as we talk about uh, being sig significant in your kingdom. I know uh, we both can struggle with feeling uh, significant and um, just allowing Satan to tell us otherwise and um, just buying into his lies, Lord. I know um, I, I, I don't think we're the only ones that struggle with that. And so I just pray that as we look at your truth and um, dig into your word, that we would, um, that you'd open our hearts and allow us to soak in that truth and be able to walk away changed and more confident and um, just feeling like we are a part of something so much greater than ourselves. And um, God, you've given, you've given us a purpose, uh, you know, just to change the world. And I'm so grateful to be a part of that. And so I just pray again um, and ask that you would uh, be with Katie and I as, as we walk through this lesson and hopefully, you know, not stumble through it, but just be able to communicate your word in a way that's going to be able to benefit these girls and um, help us walk away and impact the world around us, Lord. Uh, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so the question is, are you significant in the church? And the answer is yes. Um, you are all significant to the, to the church and ministry because you are a part of the body. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 19. It's a, it's a couple verses, so if you want to turn there, you can. Um, so it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Okay, so these verses tell us that the body of Christ will not be able to function properly without you. We are all part of something bigger than ourselves. And I don't know about you guys, but this truth, um, it gives me a sense of belonging and purpose, which were two things that I sought out in all the wrong places uh, most of my life. And so knowing that I no longer have to find my significance from the things the world has to offer, it does give me a sense of peace and um, makes me feel that significance. You know, we, when we surrendered our lives in baptism, we were immediately added to God's family, and you guys were given a role in benefiting and furthering God's kingdom. It doesn't matter how big or how small that role may be, you are a key piece to the church being able to thrive and be successful. Um, so now we're going to look at 
uh, some reasons why we as women specifically are so crucial to God's kingdom. Okay, so we as women are significant to the church and the ministry because if God only wanted to use man, he wouldn't have created woman. Um, God said it was not good for man to be alone and he needed help. <clears throat> it says in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So again, do we have significance in the church? Absolutely. Or God wouldn't have created woman. He, didn't, he wouldn't have decided to create us. <clears throat> so the Hebrew word for suitable is konegdo, which means opposite or contrasting, implying that men and women were designed to emphasize differences. So even though men and women are vastly different from each other, <clears throat> each of us have great significance in the kingdom. The strengths of each of us have compensated for the weaknesses of the other, and women provide in areas where men sometimes lack. For example, we can be more comforting, we can definitely be more patient, uh, we give different perspectives, and then also sympathy. Um, you know, I think sometimes we as women just can't talk about some things to men. You know, it's easier for us to want to go to each other because we just understand each other better. Um, and thank God for each other. Thank God for women that we can have those relationships to go to each other and talk to, you know, things that we're insecure about. Um, especially sometimes with our physical insecurities. I think sometimes women just can understand more. I've, I've been married for almost seven years and something that I'm super insecure about is this tooth. It's like sticks out and so when I smile like you can see it. And I'll go to Ryan and I'm like, oh, I'm so insecure about this tooth. Oh, it's so cute. Like he talks about how cute it is and about his job. I don't understand. Like this is something that I really don't like. And something that I can talk to my girls about is just, you know, some things that I, that I don't maybe necessarily like about myself. And um, it's good to just to have women to share our struggles with, where men may not understand that. Um, <clears throat> what's also really neat is that God was able to use many women in Scripture. Um, there was Deborah, Ruth, Naomi, Esther, Hannah, Abigail, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Tabitha, Lydia, Martha, Rahab, Sarah, Phoebe, Priscilla, etc., etc. So God used many women in scripture. So Courtney and I, we decided to look at Lydia and do a little case study about her um, and how God was able to use her. So we are going to go to Acts 16, 11 through 15. And I am going to read all of it and then just talk a little bit about her. Okay, so starting in verse 11, Acts 16, 11 through 15, it says, From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Um, so there is not much said about Lydia in scripture at all. In fact, this is it. <laughs> um, so though very little is said about Lydia, we know God was able to use her in great big ways. Um, <clears throat> so Courtney and I, um, we're going to go through shape. Um, 
which is five different factors that have been combined to discover like our unique shape. Um, and by identifying our shape together, we will discover all the ways God has equipped us to be used in the kingdom. Okay, so the first letter we're going to look at is S. To find our shape, we need to know our spiritual gifts. Um, so I'm, we're going to look at Romans 12, 4 through 8. It says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it dil diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So these are things that God has naturally gifted you with in order to bless and benefit others. Um, it's cool because we get to see Lydia use at least two of her spiritual gifts right after her baptism. In Acts 16:15, it said, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So God blessed Lydia with the ability to serve generously. She was really grateful for Paul and Silas and Timothy for giving her an opportunity to have a right relationship with God. And she wanted to give back. Um, and that's what it's all about. God has given us these gifts to help others, and Lydia knew this truth early on. She didn't allow the fact that she was a brand new disciple to hold her back from an opportunity to bless her new family. She didn't make excuses. Uh, she didn't doubt who God created her to be. And this is really challenging for me. I need to be more like Lydia in this area. Um, I grew up in a household that just tore each other down. Uh, I wasn't told, I was told I wasn't good enough. Um, encouragement was non-existent. So I do really struggle when it comes to seeing the spiritual gifts that God has blessed me with. Um, just this week, I was kind of discouraged um, looking over my spiritual gifts and I sent my girls a text, you know, do you guys think I have any gifts? And they're like, Courtney, <laughs> like, you know, and I mean, it's silly, but I do, I do allow Satan to, um, to tell me that I'm not spiritually gifted or so-and-so does it better. And then I start to compare myself to others and it's this vicious, vicious cycle. Um, and I miss out on a lot of opportunities to bless others because I'm only focused on myself and what I can't do instead of uh, trusting God and what he's naturally gifted me to do. Um, so how do we recognize what our spiritual gifts are? We point them out to each other. Uh, Katie's been in my life for a really long time now and she is one of the main people that pointed things out to me that I couldn't see for myself at the time. Um, she saw different strengths and different gifts and. I trusted her, I trusted God enough to put those gifts uh, to use in God's kingdom, um, and it's been really rewarding. I think, I think about uh, our children's ministry, my husband and I teach the fourth and fifth graders, and, and we have been for many years now, but when I was first approached to teach that class, I mean, there was a need, and it needed to be filled. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of experience, but uh, this woman saw something in me, and she's like, hey, I think you'd be a good fit here. Let's give it a try. And um, I doubted myself, and I wasn't sure, but I did trust that uh, 
that she saw something and I, I wanted to be significant in the kingdom and so I did push my fears and my insecurities aside and getting to teach those kids, uh, it's one of my favorite things every Sunday just to get to you know, teach them about God and their purpose and they're fourth and fifth grade so they're a little older and you can joke around and um, you know, just talk to them more like an adult and I don't know, it's cool because I do feel like uh, I am able to benefit our church and God's kingdom and um, so I do think it's super important if you girls, you know, you see you see each other on the day to day. You guys know um, what each other's strengths are and what their gifts are, and I think it's really important to encourage each other and make sure that you guys um, are saying those things and lifting each other up and building each other up because there are going to be those times where Satan's just constantly in your ear, and I know I struggle with it and. I know I want to be that for other people, just like Katie was that for me. I want to make sure I'm not just, um, you know, especially if I see it. Like, I want to make sure I say something. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, so for those of you that watch The Office, you'll think this is funny. But if you don't, I'm not have a clue. it won't be funny. <laughs> so Michael Scott's the main character, and he's talking to Oscar about this woman, Pam. And he's like, oh my gosh, I love Pam. She's, she's so smart. She's beautiful. She's like, she's a great person. She helps me out around the office because she's his secretary at the time. And he's saying all these things to Oscar, but then he goes, but I would never say that to her face. <laughs> and Oscar's like, why? Like, you should say these things. Those are really good things to hear. And I'm like, okay, yes. Like, I have to remember that. If I see things, you know, in my girls and in my friends, I want to make sure I'm being uplifting and pointing out the things that they're good at so that they're able to benefit God's kingdom. You know, we have to, we have to use our talents um, or we'll, we'll lose our talents. Okay, so Courtney started off with the S, which was spiritual gifts. Now we're going to talk about the H, which is for heart. So just a question to ask yourself. What are, what are you guys passionate about? What are you guys on fire for? Um, <coughs> so in doing some research about Lydia, um, we know she's from the city of Thyatira, which was a city well known for bronze, brass, and purple cloth. Um, so the water of that area was so well adapted for dyeing um, that no other place around there could produce this purple um, with black tassel on top worn by some men in Muslim countries. But this unique purple cloth, um, it brought the city a lot of fame. And Lydia was a really successful businesswoman because of the purple cloth. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, businessmen and women, um, they become so engrossed with their own, like, business affairs that they make no time for God. But that was not the case with Lydia. And it's so awesome and so encouraging to me. But it says in Acts 16, 14, um, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. So Lydia was passionate about following God and his instructions. She loved God and people. Um, and then we also see that the church in Thyatira was mentioned in Revelation 2.18. And there was never a record of Paul going there. So perhaps maybe um, <clears throat> uh, Lydia went back to her hometown um, to share the good news about Jesus. Um, and I think being that Lydia was successful at selling purple, she really could have sought her significance from that. However, um, Lydia knew that there was something much more valuable than money. She wanted others to know about God. Um, so I feel like I can relate a lot um, to this. 
Um, I was grew up in a family that valued money a lot. Um, the example that was set for me was very materialistic. I grew up in a home that was huge. It was all brick and it was two-story. We had a swimming pool in the backyard. We had nice cars. Um, and I, I really didn't see um, my family caring about other people. I didn't really see, I saw, I saw wealth. I saw, let's buy the newest car, let's buy the newest, let's put a swimming pool in our backyard, let's, let's have all these really nice materialistic things. Um, and I think Lydia could have been like that. She was success, successful at what she did. Um, and she was really well known for that. Um, and that was something that, like I said, was really, it painted a picture for me growing up. And I was someone that was a lover of money. I was someone that cared about having the nice things and the nice clothes. Um, but I think over the years, he did change my heart and I'd become more of a lover of people. Um, <clears throat> and I really do believe he intervened and put people in my life to show me um, how to care about others, how to sacrifice for them. And um, I think if it wasn't for God intervening, I would have been that, that woman that cared so much about, you know, promotions in the workplace and things like that. Um, and if I'm not careful, I think Satan can sometimes still really trick me in making me search for my significance in the workplace or it's anything you guys search for significance in. But with Lydia, um, you know, she, she didn't look at that. She didn't care about the money. She was a worshiper of God, so she cared about other people. Um, and I think something like, like I said, Satan is really crafty and he's really tricky and he can make us, you know, seek after things and all it, what's successful in the world's eyes. So maybe just ask yourselves, are you guys, are you passionate about following God and obeying his commands? Do you love God and people? Um, do you have a hunger and a longing to be closer to God like Lydia did? Okay. So the third letter we're going to look at is A, which is for attitude. Um, so while God arranged the meeting of Paul and Lydia, Lydia's attitude allowed her to be in the right place at the right time. And she was able to seize the opportunity to not only save herself, but her family as well. In verse 14, it says, One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So like Katie mentioned, we see here that Lydia was in Philippi for work, yet she took the time to worship God on the Sabbath. So her priorities were clearly in order. She sought God's kingdom before anything else. And she was really quick to respond to the truth that Paul showed her with humility and obedience. So how do you do at responding to the truth? Um, what is your attitude when someone is pointing out the sin in your life or correcting you on something you've, you know, you've been doing wrong? Do you, is your attitude to uh, withdrawal, shut down? Is it to give them the silent treatment? Is it to lash out um, and fight back? Um, I think all of those attitudes I can struggle with at times, you know, being held accountable and hearing those hard things, it's not easy, it's not fun, it's, it's very painful in the moment. Um, and it can be easy to respond like that. And I know I have struggled in this area many times, but I look at Lydia and, you know, to think of how, of what could have happened if she didn't respond with humility and obedience. I mean, she, she wouldn't have saved herself and she wouldn't have saved her family. 
and then, you know, potentially, you know, started a church in her hometown. I mean, so many people <laughs> could have been lost if she would have chosen to... We don't know. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, you know, I, I just think about what could have been lost if she if she would have responded in um, in anger and in arrogance and without that repentant heart. I know, I know. I'm. I always walk. I mean, as hard as those conversations are, I always walk away grateful. Um, grateful that I have women in my life that that have an attitude that doesn't tolerate the sin in my life and that calls me out on my crap. They, they have an attitude that want to see, they want to see me grow and, you know, be better and change for God's kingdom. And, um, you know, this is the kind of attitude we need to have when, when someone is correcting us. We need to uh, just think about, you know, the potential um, purpose and our growth and you know, how much better our lives are going to be and really be thankful that God did place those women in our lives to say those hard things. Uh, you know, I think about this verse too. I think it can be really easy, you know, if Katie, and she does, you know, when she points things out in my life, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, she's one of my closest friends and I know she wants better for me. And so she points those things out. So it is really easy or easier at times to respond in humility and, um, you know, with an eagerness to change. But let's say someone I'm not as close to comes up to me and sees sin and points it out. Um, you know, I think I do have a harder time responding with humility. It's like, well, you don't really know me. Like, you're not as close. But the thing is, if they have scripture and they're backing it up with God's word, then I need to respond the same way. You know, Lydia she didn't know Paul or these men. She didn't have a close relationship with them, but she looked at the truth and she looked at God's word and she responded in a way that was able to save herself and, you know, and her family. And so I think, you know, the cool thing is our attitude, it's not a talent, it's not a gift, it's not a skill, it's a choice. And um, it's a choice that reflects where our heart's at. And so I know I want to make sure I'm making that choice to have an attitude that responds to truth with humility and an eagerness to change and grow, no matter how painful that challenge is um, or, who's, or who's presenting that challenge to me in my life. As long as they have scripture and they're going to God's word, then I need, I need to be able to take that seriously and walk away and make those necessary changes. Okay, so next is the P in our shape and it is for personality. So where does my personality best suit me to serve? <clears throat> so personality means the person God made you to be, the combination of characteristics that distinguish you as an individual. So our purpose is not to be just like each other, but to please God. And I think what's cool about that is that he loves the variety of people he's created because we're all super unique and different. Um, and I can say that. However, I think it is a huge weakness of mine. Um, Satan is really good and really crafty at telling myself that, telling me that I'm not that I'm not good enough. I can easily compare my personality with others in our ministry. Um, 
I mean, Hannah, Hannah talked about it yesterday in her lesson, and we were talking about how 2018 was going to be our year to be sweet and nice, and you know, and that's something that I can definitely work on. And I want to be eager to be someone that's more, that's more encouraging. That's someone that you know is is kind with my actions and my words. Um, you know, but growing up, I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like, um, you know, it, my relationship with my dad was performance-based. So if I performed well, then it was great. But I never really performed well in his eyes. So to other people, I'm constantly thinking that, you know, sometimes Satan is really good at making me feel like, okay, I'm not, I'm not. So I have to have other people in my life um, speak the truth to me. Um, you know, and it's, it's really dangerous when we are focused on who we are, we spend less time on becoming who we need to be. Um, you know, and I think also what's really neat about our ministry, you know, in St. Louis, but I know other ministries as well, you know, there's no right or wrong temperament for effective ministry. Um, we need all kinds of personalities. Um, and I think that's something that balances our church and gives it flavor. Otherwise, we'd be pretty boring. Um, and I think about our campus ministry, um, and I do, my heart just swells up with just like being so proud because I look at our ministry, I look at the women, and we're all so different. Um, you know, uh, being in the campus ministry and, and being a leader in the campus ministry, I have kids, and sometimes I think, you know, I love, I love, 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 you know, being in the ministry and having children. They're here this weekend, but at times I can feel really overwhelmed um, and just, Oh, the kids are running everywhere. Like Harper wouldn't settle down last night. Gavin's constantly saying no. Like it's just they're sometimes it can be really hard. But I am grateful. A lot of times my girls step in and they'll run around with the with the kids. Um, you know, and I look at that and I love that. I love that we have people in our ministry that are really good with kids. Um, and maybe that's you. And maybe that's an area where you can look in your ministry. And if your leaders have children, you can help more with the kids. Or even in your church, maybe there's ways that. You know, you can serve others in your church that have children. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you're silly and you can make others laugh. Um, I think about our ministry, Jana's really silly. She can make <laughs> a lot of people laugh. Um, maybe you're just the fun person, where I think that's more me. I'm not funny, but I will laugh at you all the time. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, maybe you're just fun. And I love that about our ministry where we are so different, but we can get together and just have a good time. Um, and bounce our different personalities off each other. Um, so how do you relate to others? So if our purpose in the kingdom is all about people, it's important to discover how we can relate to them. Um, are, you guys, are you more outgoing where you, you do like interacting with a lot of people? Um, which is so cool because I think Lydia is more like that. She's the more outgoing type. Um, you know, not only did she open up her heart, but she opened up her home, and we see that immediately after she was baptized. She didn't waste any time to serve. And I know our scripture is kind of repetitive, but when you're working with five short verses about Lydia, that's what you get. But um, Acts 16:15 says, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Okay, so between Lydia's business and this high price of purple cloth, um, her home might have been a nicer one in Thyatira, but she willingly shared what she had and demonstrated that spiritual gift of hospitality. Um, I am someone who is very particular. I like things a certain way. 
Um, I have to have all my socks to match, and I fold them. Um, <clears throat> like, I, I work, I have a job, obviously, but at work, my desk is like a certain way. My stapler is like right here, right next to my computer. I have like pictures here. Like, I'm very particular on things. Um, I can't go to sleep at night unless the dishes are done. I, these are things I probably should work on too, not to be so uptight about. But, um, and then like I have a, we have a coffee nook in our house. And I have these like coffee mugs hanging and they're all going the right way. My husband will come in and put them all the backwards way and it just, it gets me all messed up. But I am someone that likes certain things a certain way. Um, and I don't think I have a natural trait of hospitality. Um, I'd like to say that I, I, I'm outgoing and I love people, you know, I like to serve people in that way, but um, in some ways being hospitable upsets your certain way of doing something, which is funny because working in the campus ministry, we have crash stats at our house, we have people at our house all the time, and when you have 30 kids at your house on Tuesday nights or you have them over, we've had people live with us, they mess up your way of living. There are things that are left out that you wouldn't maybe do, but I love that about our ministry and I wouldn't change that um, and I think with Lydia she, you know she was able to be hospitable because of the size of her home too which that doesn't make any difference but she looked at that and was like I've been given so much I'm gonna use my home um, and God really has blessed Ryan and I you know with our home to use for our cross chats which is something we do every week um, like I said we have people live with us and it's created some of the best relationships I have um, so maybe you're more outgoing and you're like Lydia, where you're like, come, come, let's be together. Um, or maybe you're more reserved. Um, maybe you like interacting with just a few people. Maybe you really like the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I think that's something I really learn a lot from other people in our ministry, because I'll see people just interacting just with one other person. They'll pull them aside and they'll talk to them. I'm that person that's like, I gotta be at the party, I gotta be with everybody. So watching other people in our ministry pull people aside and just spend that quality time with them really challenges me. Um, and I really can you know, look at them and, and learn from that. Um, so how do you respond to opportunities to serve? So maybe ask yourself what it is that you do well or what it is that you like to do. It says in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So really the point here is that you're needed in the body, um, you know, to be a part of God's body and the way he designed you. You're here because of him and we know he put you here for a reason. Um, and I think something that we've been talking about in our ministry is just looking for ways to serve more um, and just kind of going back to the basics of that. It's just being women and men in our ministry that are aware of things. Um, so there's a, there's a woman in our church, and uh, she's actually one of the most serving women I think I've ever met. Um, she actually has cancer, and You know, a lot about her has changed uh, physically. She's, she loses her hair, it grows back, and then she has to do chemo again. Um, you know, she had a really rough life growing up, and talking to Jess, who's one of my girls, you know, makes you, makes it, you look at that person differently and understand. But she's in our church, and she's serving. Um, she does a lot for a lot of people. Um, 
And how can we serve her? We looked for ways in our small group to serve her. And uh, she has a lot of clutter at her home. You know, she's constantly got people. She had her other daughter living with her, and she just had a lot of stuff. And uh, our whole small group went over there one Sunday together. You know, we went out, you know, after church, we went and ate together, and then we met up at uh, her house. And she was there, and Rhonda is the type of person that's like, let me do this, let me help you. And we're like, no, like, we got this. We got our men, we got our women, we're here. And uh, <coughs> we cleaned out her. So one of the things that she wanted to do before in St. Louis, the winter just sucks. It's freezing back home. And she really wanted to park her car. She's, again, she's a single mom. She really wanted to park her car in her garage, and she couldn't. And she's like, I really want to get it in there before before the winter hits because it's cold and I'm like we got to do something we got to go and serve her so we took our small group over there and you know there was a lot of stuff in their garage so we like pull it all out and, and uh, we sorted things and what's cool is that you know my girls were there we were all together our, our guys and our small group that were there and a lot of us have a, diff- a lot of different personalities Caitlin was kind of there corralling my kids which Thankfully, like, they're kind of running around, but Kayla is the crowd of my kids because I'm someone that's like, let's get this done, let's move, we'll move, move, move. I'm an organizer, I can do this. <coughs> you know, Katie, you know, she's like jumping in and I'll do this, I'll do that. Like, it's just, it was so, it was so rewarding because uh, got all her stuff out, we organized it, we put, we, we donated stuff, we sent stuff to the trash, like, we did everything. And then, you know, we waited around, and so one of the guys in our group was like, we want to watch you pull in the, the garage. And we just all, like, lined up on the side of her and watched her pull a car in the garage. And it's so small, but to her, it meant the world. I want to be someone that serves people more. And not just, not just you know, Rhonda, anybody. Um, That day was really rewarding for me, Um, and I hope for a whole small group, but we, as women, we can be significant in the kingdom. You know, it would have been like something like, oh, the guys can do that. They got to move all this heavy stuff out, and they can, you know, whatever. It's, It's okay, the guys can do it. No, we went together, and us women were there together, and, uh, you know, I think it's something that I've really been challenged by lately is just ask your leaders, you know, ask the people in your ministry, like, how can we serve more? Where can, where can, what can we do? And I think sometimes we just get so caught up in the day-to-day that we forget that there are people who are in need, um, you know, seeking out opportunities and asking God to open our hearts and our eyes to be aware. And, <laughs> you know, I can become really complacent and forget to look for those opportunities. And I'm so thankful that God made us aware of the opportunity to serve. Um, but I really do challenge you guys to talk to people in your ministry, look for ways, look for opportunities to serve each other. Okay, um, <clears throat> so the final letter of our shape is E, um, which is our experiences. And there's two different ways our experiences allow us to play a role, or allow, um, sorry, okay, so there's two things. Uh, 
Our experiences, first thing, our experiences allow us to play a role in furthering the kingdom. Um, and the second thing is they allow us to grow closer to our brothers and our sisters. Um, so how do you use your experience to further the kingdom? Um, you talk about them. <laughs> you, um, you're open about your hurts and your struggles. Uh, being open about these things allows us to show a hurting world that they're not alone. First uh, Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Um, I think one of my favorite things about God's kingdom is just the, the diversity and how each of us has a story to tell. Uh, you know, Katie talked a lot about our cross chats. Um, that's something we do every Tuesday. You know, we have our people over, um, we bring food, we dance, we play games, um, you know, and there's a, there's a short Bible lesson. And the Bible lesson is different every Tuesday, but it's always designed around um, the ability to allow us to talk about where we've been and where we came from. And it's cool because, you know, every Tuesday I get to watch my girls talk about uh, where they've been and um, it's not easy. It's never easy to talk about their past and yet they choose to be vulnerable. They talk about the sexual abuse. They talk about the neglect, the dysfunction, the addiction, and just the brokenness. Um, and they never shy away from it. You know, I, I think it takes a lot of courage and um, they're very bold. And even though, you know, every time they talk about it, sometimes they relive it. They really relive that hurt and that pain, but they do it because they know their purpose. And they know that some girl in that room is going to be able to connect, and they're going to be able to pull her aside later and talk to her about how God doesn't care about her past because he has an amazing future in store for her. Um, I think this is really important to remember because our stories are not our stories. They're God's story. And so we can't be selfish with them. We have to be open and talk about those things. I know um, it's really encouraging because I know I'm also not going to be able to relate to someone's specific hurt, uh, but I can always point them to someone in our ministry who does. And um, I don't know, I just want you girls to remember that you have a story to tell. You have a purpose to show others that God loves them and that there's something so much better than this world has to offer. And in order to do that, you have to be open and vulnerable about those things. Um, okay, and so then uh, the second way we can use our experiences is to grow closer to our sisters. Um, so I thought it was really fitting for Hannah to talk uh, about us being our sister's keeper yesterday. You know, I get to see Hannah put all of those traits that she talked about into practice on a daily basis. And just getting to see the fruit that comes from that. I see her friendships and how close they all are. And I really want to imitate those things. Um, I really crave deep friendships. That was something I never had growing up. Um, I mean, I, and I wasn't a good friend. You know, I was very selfish. And my friends just kind of... Uh, you know, used me for different things, and there was never any 
any depth. It was very, it was very surface. And um, I don't know. I think, you know, God has placed too many girls in my life to waste opportunities. Uh, you know, to build those close relationships. And so I was going back over Hannah's lesson and like looking through all the questions that she asked us to ask ourselves about our relationships and. I'm like, gosh, I'm not natural at most of these things. <laughs> like, I don't like to be vulnerable. I don't like to say the hard things. I'm not very good at being affectionate. I mean, as I'm, like, going through the list, I'm like, these are all hard work. Like, this takes a lot of effort and time and energy. I mean, this is hard. Like, having good, godly relationships is really hard work. Um, you know, but there's so much good that comes from it. And I think, like, you know, my closest friends today are my closest friends because we put in the work. You know, they, they use their shape to push me closer to God through good times and through bad times. And lately, I feel like it's been a bad time, consistently bad. You know, my, my husband and I have been struggling with infertility for a few years, and it's just taken such a toll on our hearts. And um, it's probably one of the hardest things that we've had to go through. And it's weird because as hard as it is, it's brought me so close to the people that God's put in my life. And I've never felt so loved. Last year we did um, a 30-day prayer challenge. And you know, we call each other on the way home from work for different times where we were able to pray together, and um, I would hear you know, my girls and myself and my zone girls just pray with me and they dream for what God has in store, whether it's what I want or whether it's not. Um, you know, I'm just praying for me to remain faithful and to continue fighting. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know how we would get through it without the, the people that God's put in our life. Um, you know, we're not alone. Uh, you know, I've had nights where I've just, like, bawled my eyes out, and they've held me, and we've cried together, we've prayed together. Um, it's hard because I do struggle with being vulnerable, and so it's hard to find the balance of, like, okay, am I talking about it too much? Like, oh, here I go again. Like, or maybe I'm not talking about it enough and I need to talk about it more. Um, but I know, like, if I'm not or if I am, my girls are going to say something and they're going to pull me aside and ask questions and ask how I'm doing and we're just involved in each other's life. Um, you know, and they're that for me, and I know I want to be that for them. Um, you know, so as hard as it is, I think 
I just think about the reward um, and how I want to I want to follow in their footsteps and be that for other people. Um, you know, I want to know uh, what they're going through and the different situations that I can help, that I can help serve them and push them closer to God. So I just think it's really important to make sure you guys are taking the time to put in the work. Um, you know, do you know what your sisters are currently going through? Are you praying with them on a daily basis? Do you take the time to listen and to comfort? Um, I do. I think if you, if you choose to invest in each other, um, you will. You'll get to experience the full life that God promised, and you won't have to go through the hard times alone, and they won't be as hard as they would uh, without each other. I think just over the years, just working in campus ministry, um, you know, I've d developed some of my best friends um, and significant women. You know, they've helped me find my shape throughout the years. And I think for Courtney and I, like we, we do want to encourage you guys and push you guys to go to each other and ask questions and ask each other what your shape is. Um, you know, I don't think God would have given us talents, different talents, different personalities, different spiritual gifts, um, and all these types of experiences, and not use them. Um, and I think that's something that Courtney and I have talked about, you know, just over the past week, is just that, you know, God has blessed, you know, our ministries tremendously, but it's not just to stop there. You know, it's to go back to our campuses and to share what we've learned and bring other girls closer to God. Um, and I think that's something that both Courtney and I long to see. And so I'm going to pray. Um, Father God, I just, um, God, I just thank you so much for this weekend. God, I, as a planner, like I talked about, God, this, this can be overwhelming sometimes for me. And I get so anxious. We're traveling, God, and um, we have buses, we have vans, we have 75 people, God. We're just, it's, it's chaos. But God, I love it so much. Um, I couldn't have imagined that this is where I'd be. God, serving in your kingdom, serving in a campus ministry filled with girls that I love so deeply, God, that have become some of my closest friends and that I long to be close to, Lord. God, I pray that all of our hearts, Lord, are just opened. Um, God, that um, between Courtney and I, God, that um, you were able to speak clearly through us, Lord. God, help us to apply. God, help us to go back, God, and ask each other what our shapes are. God, help us to be engaged and be involved with one another. Um, help us to remember, God, that you created us. Um, God, that you didn't just stop at man, that you created us, God, and I'm so, so, so grateful for these relationships, God. Um, I also do just want to thank you for the men, God, because, God, the world is hard, and I'm so grateful that we can be here and the men can be learning and, and digging into Scripture too, God. God, I pray that you will bless our ministries, God. Help us to be men and women that we need to be, God. Help us to be constantly changing and growing and working on our hearts, Lord. God, thank you so much. Um, for, again, everything that you've done. God, thank you for this weekend. Help us to continue to have fun, to be silly, to pray together, to talk to one another. God, help us just to get real, Lord. Um, help me to be vulnerable myself. 
help me to be uncomfortable, God. Um, and God, just again, thank you so much um, just for everything that you've done and just for your kingdom, God. Thank you for your son and um, the sacrifice that was made. And I pray this on your son's name. Amen.